Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. This is your host, Elizabeth Paris, and this is episode 79, Sexuality in Marriage or More Enjoyment in Marriage Intimacy. So this is a really fun topic. Sometimes it's a little bit sensitive to people or, you know, um, but it's such an important topic to talk about because I've, you know, and I guess I'm not a, a marriage expert or a sexuality expert, but I'm speaking from my experience and I've been married for 17 and a half years. And, um, you know, my husband and I, we've had our hard times in marriage just in general, and we've had better times in marriage. And I would say more recently, I've been some of our best years. And so I want to share with you some of the things that have worked for me. And um, one of the things that is interesting when we start to talk about sexuality in marriage is, you know, you think about when you first get married, if you're someone who has ever been a newlywed, you know, there's a big focus on this sexual relationship that you have with your spouse. And it's a lot of fun and exciting and all those things. And you think all these good things about each other and just nothing could be wrong almost, you know, and of course you have your little, your little disagreements and things like that. But for the most part, most aspects of your marriage are awesome and sexuality is no exception. And so um, it, there's a little shift that happens and researchers say that happens about a year and a half-ish. And so that's kind of the spot where maybe our relationship starts to become a little bit more of the same old, same old, or you know, we might need to do some things to spice up our relationship or to choose which direction things are headed um, to keep things in a positive way or maybe they kind of downward spiral. And so anyway, just as you think about this, maybe you've only been married a year or a year and a half, or maybe you're like me and it's 17 and a half years, but wherever you're at, there are things that you can be doing to spice up your marriage relationship. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about those today. Um, the first one that I want to share is open communication. This one's so good. I think sometimes people are so much more you know, there's a lot of sex in our communities and in our world. And some people are so much more um, open to like, or having to come across seeing something that is sexual or um, engaging in sex, but they don't talk openly about their sexual interactions. And um, if those have been pleasurable for them or what's working well for them with their spouse. And so it's interesting, you know, we've got all this stuff going on around us, but sometimes we avoid talking about our own relationships and where those are at. And it's so important to take time to talk about our sexual relationships with our spouses, um, how to be more intimate, what is working well for us, what isn't working well for us. Um, and then sharing some of the things that we may have fears about. Um, sometimes, 
you know, women tend to be a little bit more worried about safety. Like, um, what if the kids walk in or, you know, like privacy kinds of things is the door locked, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's so important to share those fears, you know, what positions or what foreplay or whatever is working really good for me, or the guy might want to share, Hey, I like it to see you in lingerie or something sexy, but it's been a while, you know, could we revisit that? Um, so, you know, communication is very, very important and not only like, you know, talking about it openly, but even in the moment, like sometimes if we're in that intimate um, circumstance, it's still important to say something like, Hey, this isn't working out well for me or whatever. Um, can we try this or that? And that is very important because it can actually enhance your experience. It shows trust, it shows vulnerability, and it helps you be open with your spouse to um, you know, have them help you and you help them and, um, have it be a very positive experience for both sides. Cause when it's a good experience for, um, the one, it's usually a pretty good experience for the other. And if it's not, then it needs to be communicated so that, that, that can be enhanced for the other person. So, um, communication is very important. One thing that you can do is schedule in time to talk. So once a week, it could be like, Hey, how are you feeling about our love life? And, you know, what could I do to make that a little bit better for you? Or do you want to try some different things? You know, here's some new ideas. Would you like to try one of these? Um, and I know sometimes as we grow up, there's a little bit of hush hush about sex and sexual relationships, or if you've been in a religious home or things like that, kind of a traditional family, um, a lot of times people talk about, or parents act like it's bad to talk about sex or that our sexuality is bad or that we should be ashamed of those kinds of things. But it's so important to talk about it because one of the, um, some people experience more sexual intimacy in talking about their sexual relationship with their spouse than even in like that relationship, having that, that intimate relationship. So talking about sex is super important and communicating how things are going for you. So that's the first one, open communication, super duper important, whether you've been married one year, two days, or 17 and a half or 30 years or 40, you know, you keep talking about that. Um, and so also, um, we will have another episode later about talking to children about sex and having open communications and being their source for going to their parents to get information versus the internet or friends. And then they get, you know, false ideas and things like that. So that's another episode that'll come up a little bit later. Um, but yes, communication super important. And, um, the next thing, number two is to spice up things for you and your spouse. And one of the ways to do that is to get more creative. Like, you know, you could play a game and, um, you know, maybe take off a piece of clothing, a sock or whatever to start with, um, when somebody wins around or whatever. Um, but you could get creative in your ideas of how to kind of spice things up. But one of the really good ways to understand or to spice things up is to understand your body better, get educated about you and how you work and your spouse and how their body works. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that, men and women are quite different with their sexual responses or 
with the time or arousal or things like that. And so um, men usually desire first to have um, sexual relationships and then they're aroused and, and that sort of thing. But usually for women, they need to have arousal first before they have that desire and then they climax. And so there's just different, you know, patterns. And so it's very helpful to understand those. Another thing that is important to understand is just your body. And most people understand those very um, obvious spots of those er 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 erogenous, couldn't even say the word, erogenous zones, you know, for men, the penis and for women, the breast and clitoris and things like that. So those areas are very important to understand, but as I've done some research and reading and things like that, it's actually, you know, important to know that these erogenous zones or sensitive areas of the body that have a heightened sense of sensitivity, they can generate a sexual response, but your whole body, all your skin is very sensitive. And so um, I read in one book, they called it like the largest sex organ is your, your skin because it is very stimulating and um, there's a lot of arousal that can happen just by massaging or rubbing or things like that. So skin anywhere, you know, and um, I had a friend who she would always say, oh, when, you know, just at the nape of my neck, if my husband kisses me at the nape of my neck, that just turns me on so much or, you know, so kissing the neck or holding hands that can stimulate a response or rubbing shoulders or, you know, just different areas, like the ears are super sensitive. So you can whisper into the, your spouse's ear um, and, you know, words of affirmation or, calling them sweet things. Another fun thing is to use kind of more like food terms. <laughs> so you can say um, like, oh, hey, my sweetie or my honey, or you can say, oh, you're so yummy or things like that. Cause food is just delicious to everybody. You can say, oh, you're delicious to me or things like that. So you can whisper those things and that little bit of um, air uh, that they can feel their, your breath um, just makes kind of, you know, sends a chill down their spine almost or, or wakes them up. And so there's lots of really fun ways that you can um, arouse your spouse, you know, stomach rubbing or things like that. So there's just lots of, you don't have to use those specific erogenous zones. There's just, you can get creative about things that you can do. And in one podcast that I listened to, I'll put it in the show notes, but this podcast, um, they talked about how, um, the, there's an activity that you can do, like say if, if one spouse is maybe not as open to having sexual intimacy in the marriage, or they have some concerns or fears or things like that. This is an, a difference for one podcast by Cami and Michelle. Um, but in their podcast, they talked about this idea of um, just having an activity that there's no expectation of having a sexual intercourse, but it's just a building activity for you and your spouse. And it could end up, you know, with intimacy in that way, but this is just kind of a, an intimacy activity to do while you're naked. And this was kind of a cool idea. It was to um, take turns. So one spouse goes first and just rubs the other spouse 
all over their skin and, you know, starting front and then do back or whatever, but you don't spend any more time on any part of the body than another part of the body. And so as you do that and you run your fingers on their skin everywhere, um, it's just an opportunity to connect with them and to, you know, appreciate their body. And then you switch off and, and you receive or give whichever one um, is your turn. And then that activity is an activity to just help bring you together and build you. And I think a lot of times people do have expectations within their sexual relationship and they just don't say anything. And then when it's not met, they might feel disappointment or things like that. So of course it's important to communicate, but this is a really cool activity because there's no expectation. Um, you just can enjoy and appreciate each other's bodies, take a turn. And then that way, um, it validates each other. And if say someone has had, you know, past abuse, or they're just not feeling like, um, engaging in actual sexual intercourse, this is just kind of a trust building type of an activity. So I really liked that idea that they shared. Um, another thing that you can do number three is to change the time and location um, of where you have intercourse. So um, everybody knows, oh, get a hotel and stay overnight, right? In a hotel. And that's a great idea. Um, but other ideas, you know, if you can't get away, maybe you can't afford that as often as you would like to, you know, spice up your love life or whatever. Um, but maybe trying the shower or a tub. Um, another one that is a great idea is um, just other locations in the home, you know, changing that location. It may be tricky with kids or whatever, but that is something that really spices up people's marriages and their um, intimacy with their spouse. Um, another idea is even outdoors. And this one came, you know, some people might not be ready for this. So just try a different location in your house. But this idea came from one of my mentors who um, they had ready anywhere outfits. They'd take them on their vacations or things like that. And so, um, you know, like they're, they just unzip or unbutton or open up. And, and when they found a, you know, in a private spot, um, they enjoyed an outdoor experience. So, you know, like some sand and water and palm trees could be really magical, I guess. Um, so those are three really fun ideas. Um, the other thing is to see yourself as sexy. This is number four and appreciate your sexuality and the joy that it brings in your marriage or that closeness. Um, it's important to have gratitude for our relationships and our bodies and, you know, you kind of don't realize how great that relationship is until it's gone. Like someone loses a spouse or a divorce or this or that, but, you know, it's very, um, if you think back about maybe when you first got married and then think to a time when maybe your, um, intercourse or your intimate time wasn't quite where you wanted it to be, you can feel the difference in those. Right. And so it's important to, you know, try to bring in a good experience. And so talking about it and trying new things is really important, but um, also being grateful for that opportunity. So, you know, maybe there's a way to bring in more gratitude for you and maybe thinking about um, the blessings of having 
this relationship with your spouse? What has it done for you? Maybe even listing those out for yourself or maybe writing a juicy letter to your spouse about how they've helped you um, and how much you appreciate that relationship that you have with them. Um, it may not be something you would share with your children, of course, but <laughs> definitely bringing in some gratitude would be good. So um, number five is to build up the excitement, um, like kissing uh, earlier in the day or texting like, hey, I'm looking forward to time with you tonight or um, just start early in the day, show some attention to them, spark some interest in building your relationship, maybe touch them on the cheek or kiss them a little longer or those kinds of things. But if you can do that, then it builds up that excitement and anticipation. Um, and uh, there's a quote, sex at 9 p.m. begins at 2 p.m. So good sex later starts earlier, right? So just that anticipation, that excitement, those kinds of things. So just starting earlier and giving a little more attention. And then sometimes um, when something is wrong in a relationship, like say you've had a fight or things like that, sometimes you need some time to have that connection or closeness to resolve a problem. And I think it's really important to remember that there are three aspects to sexual relationships. And um, it's the physical or the body part. It's the spiritual, which um, is a real deep connection. And then there's an emotional connection as well. And those three parts are really important. So say maybe you're only focusing on the physical act. Maybe you need to bring in a little bit more emotional connection or a little bit more spiritual connection with your spouse. And that will help you. Um, some of the things that can help are to visualize um, say someone takes a little bit longer to get aroused or things like that. And there might be a, a spouse who's a lot quicker. You can actually use some visualization to help if you're the lower desire spouse or something like that to help kind of build up that excitement earlier in the day. And so maybe you do more of those activities and maybe if the other spouse is more high desire, they do a little less of them so that you can be more on the same page when you come together. So just some great ideas that have come about from books and podcasts and things like that. Um, one, number, five, number six is actually one from uh, an aunt of mine who introduced me to this idea. And it was to switch off weeks that you are in charge of your love life. So um, one week, it would be the husband and they get to schedule and plan and decide how often and where and things like that. And they're so they're in charge of where and when. And so, you know, they may be a little bit more spontaneous and that's great. Or maybe they may schedule it or whatever. And then, you know, when it's your turn, um, you can choose the um, how often and when and where. And so then you get to take turns to be in charge. And that just kind of switches things off. So it's fun for each other to kind of have that um, focus. And so then the other one's kind of wondering, well, what are they going to do, you know, or how often or, you know, kind of wondering at any point if the other person might initiate or things like that. So just kind of makes it fun. And then it kind of evens it out so that if someone's a little bit more low desire and maybe they don't want to have intercourse that week because 
maybe they're stressed or maybe it's a woman's time of the month or things like that. But um, then it gives some variety and some change and some ability to have a say in the relationship. So that's kind of a fun one to switch off weeks, number six. Um, so just as we're talking about this topic, um, there is so much out there. There's so much great research now. I think a lot of the research was focused on men and, and their sexual responses, but there's a lot out there on women now. And I'm speaking from a woman's perspective. So, you know, but go out and find some good books and some good um, help and ideas uh, from good resources or researchers or experts. Um, and just realize that maybe you don't know everything. So if there's, and of course we know that, right? But sometimes we don't apply it to every area of our lives. Like maybe I'm struggling in an area or I'm not feeling as fulfilled in my sexual relationships in my life. That's my opportunity to expand my mind and learn something new. Or I could ask, like if, if things just aren't feeling very in sync or I feel more of a lag or a lull in my relationships, then I can ask, well, what do I know that I could be using to get more creative in my love life to bring us closer together? And sometimes, you know, we, we just accept how things are, or we just, um, so we accept mediocrity sometimes or things like that, but we all need connection. We need closeness. We need to work together and have, that's how we resolve conflict and issues in our life is to have connection and closeness. And so um, intimacy in marriage is one of the best ways to help bring that closeness. Um, so if you're feeling stuck or don't have ideas, hopefully this has given you six really good ideas. You could take one of these and try it out and then try another and then do some research and understand yourself better and your spouse better. Start communicating and understand what your personal spouse appreciates what they like to do, how they like to do, or when they like to um, have intercourse, or maybe, um, maybe they like to go to dinner and really connect on a more personal level with talking and things like that before they, you know, have a physical experience um, with intercourse. So there's just lots of great ideas that are out there. Um, so if, if you're needing to spice things up in the bedroom and in your love life, try one of these. And um, anyway, quick oops moment for me. Um, I think probably my biggest oops in my marriage, and it's not specifically related to sexuality and marriage, but just even intimacy to be close to my spouse was that I always, not always, can't say always, but I often um, went to a hurt place when my expectations were not met. And I feel really um, sad that I, I did that in the past. Um, I think that was probably my hardest thing is, hey, I, I, you know, I can remember times when um, maybe Andy didn't do things the way I thought he should have, or um, like I felt disappointed about the way something turned out, I guess I just had really high expectations. I think we all do after watching all those Disney movies when we were younger, but the real reality of life is that there's going to be disappointments. We are going to do things differently. And so I think just coming to a point of being more resilient in our marriages is so important. You know, 
forgiveness, love, and, and playful energy, you know, just playing and having fun and a sense of humor. So bring those things in that you know are helpful and keep those questions and frustration and, and things out of your marriage relationship as much as possible. And you will have things that come up and you will be frustrated. We'll process those things out and then bring in more of the good that you want. Everybody wants to feel connected. Everyone wants to feel trust and love and be able to be vulnerable. And so bring more of that in of what you want and own your sexuality, own that relationship that you have with your spouse and enjoy that. Find joy in your intimacy, in your marriage. And um, anyway, we love you guys. We hope you have an awesome week and we hope that wherever you're at in your love life, this helps spice things up. Try something new this week. Have lots of fun with your spouse. And please, if you're enjoying Arise and Thrive, go in and subscribe, rate and review for the Arise and Thrive podcast. And we'd love to hear from you and um, enjoy. We enjoy putting these out. So we hope that you're enjoying hearing and learning with us. Have an awesome week. We love you and have a great week. All right, before we let you go, please, if you're enjoying our show, Arise and Thrive, we would love to have you subscribe, rate, and review our show and share it with a friend so that they can arise and thrive in their life too. And if you personally are ready for forward movement and for making positive lasting changes in your life, our Arise Now class is just for you. Join today for our March through May class and you can get 50% off with the code in the show notes. It's a three month long group and I get to be your mentor, Elizabeth Paris and Christina will be popping in and doing some trainings as well. It's a fun group setting where you'll have support from your group, you'll have accountability, and you'll set three goals, personalized goals that you want to accomplish. In this class with our live trainings that are on Tuesdays at one o'clock and the recordings are available, you will learn to let go of the heavy and how to have more positive relationships and more love and fulfillment in your life. You will learn to visualize and meditate and bring in things to your life that excite you and get you excited to move forward and to help others. And you'll learn to shift your mindset to accomplishment and success. So if you're ready to arise and thrive, go to the show notes, go to ariseandthrivelife.com and sign up for Arise Now and get 50% off today. This deal only lasts till the 28th of February. So get in there and get signed up so that you can start moving forward and arising and thriving in your life. Have an awesome week. Are you ready to make forward movement in an area of your life? Relationships, money, organization, health, or happiness? We want to help you get the results you have always wanted and the happiness that you are worthy of. And so we have started a movement to support you in making these positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools, and strong motivation to make it happen. And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a supportive, fun, three-month-long program where you will learn tools, techniques, and mindset shifts to move forward in your relationships and goals. 
In Arise Now, you will have the support to set and accomplish three personalized goals. You will receive 12 valuable one-hour live trainings. Enjoy daily accountability and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start arising and thriving now. Visit ariseandthrivelife.com today and register so that you can get all the support, training, and accountability to start arising and thriving in your life.